And here's what I'm really trying to get people to understand is resting in what already is. It's like he's the I am. And so everything's done as far as God. It's this strange thing. But, um, and as he is, so are we in this world is actually what it says. And so that can be right now. It was this, Jesus, when he came, he said kind of this strange dynamic. He said, the kingdom's gonna fill everything, but it is already at hand. And so it's really how much do we wanna experience on this side of, of uh, this earth suit? Most of us can start living heaven on earth now you know, and uh, uh, I believe it continues, obviously. And so, anyway, the more we can understand our union with him, and union, it literally means his life has become our life. It's this fascinating thing. And so what I'm trying to get you to understand is there's not this, um, there's not this dark force opposing you that most of you guys have been taught that uh, God said, don't eat from that tree that has good and evil. Eat from only life. Does that make sense? Because if you partake of a certain part of knowledge, and we've grown up with it forever. Every movie, every uh, uh, good versus evil and all this. And, and um, gosh, I was watching a, a service by Baxter Kruger and Paul Young again the other night. And it's so, now when I, when I understand what they're saying, so they, they were talking about good versus evil and, and uh, uh, they were like, well, what's the traditional view? And they were going, well, the traditional view, what the church fathers, the founding fathers who actually canonized the Bible, is there wasn't dualism. And I, I, for never, I, I could not understand that. And he's like, this idea that there's good versus evil is pagan. It's mythology. And I was like, God, that's so true to me now. It's so clear to me. And so, uh, and my point in saying that is this, is we all, we all experience darkness in parts of our lives, but it's just the lack of anything God didn't create. It's light doesn't struggle with darkness. So once we get that, there's not this, because I was kind of taught this, there's the devil's after you, the uh, evil's after you, um, and uh, there was some force that I had to somehow get a, a higher force by whether it was praying in tongues, reading, fasting, whatever I was supposed to do in order to overcome that force. So I had to get my force above the evil force. Does that make sense? And the truth is, there's only, there's two types of people. People that battle that thing, that eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and the people that eat from the tree of life. There's not this, darkness fades when you start just operating in what's already true about you. And what's already true about you is you're one with him, your union with him. You guys follow me? So the, the, the dualism, and I, I feel stupid now, because... I'm going, I could not understand what they were talking about. Even though they were saying this, I couldn't hear it because I was so ingrained of good versus evil and you got to fight this thing and all this stuff. And it was simply this, is there's only, he, we just sang about it. There's no darkness, he won't go. In fact, he says the light shines in the darkness, but we don't understand it. So he shines in everything. He's in and through and withholds everything together. His light is shining through everything. It's just our ability to see what's already true about ourselves is sometimes lacking. And a lot of the teaching we got went down this road, at least for me, that uh, I've got to overcome this evil. And the truth is, he's, he's life, he's light, he's love. And the more we just try to really just rest in his love for us, everything he has comes with it. So we don't need to strive for all the, the things, you know, the, all the blessings. In fact, that Psalm 23 I love because it says, if you just rest, his goodness will overcome you. How simple is that? Is that simple? And here's what's even more simple to me, is some of us, we're, we're, we can't, uh, how, what's that slogan? How do they say it? I'm so, I'm so deep or down that I got to look up to, how do they say that? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like I'm so low that the only way up is, I'm so in the gutter or whatever, the only way is up or something like, I forget. I'm, I'm butchering it, but you know what I'm talking about. And so, um, 
Uh, and I think we've all probably been there at certain parts of our life where we have a pitter party. But here's what's really cool about this, is in Romans it says, when we don't know what to pray, which sometimes I don't know what to pray, anybody else not know what to pray? Like we're like, Lord, help. We don't know what to pray. Here's what's really cool about this. It says, when we don't know, guess what? Our union, the other part of us, the God part, the Spirit himself knows exactly what to pray for you and is praying for you nonstop. Now, I was taught that's praying in tongues. I don't think that at all because I think it's the Spirit. His Spirit is praying for us nonstop. 24-7. So even when I don't know what to pray, it's just remind yourself, like, wait a minute. I got the guy who knows how to pray perfectly praying all the time for me. Hallelujah. And his goodness is going to overtake me. Does that make sense? It really is this rest. It's this amazing rest that uh, it's sometimes hard to do. I get it. But the more you just go, you know what? I am valuable. I am loved. I'm perfect. My behavior does not take away the favor of God. That's so hard for most Christians to get is he loves you because he loves you. He is love. It's not that he loves. He is love. He's pure love. He can't do anything else but love. And every, God is love. So who's God? What, when, give me some things that you think about God. Like, what's God all about? All powerful. All giving. Do you have a cattle on a thousand hills? Meaning, he's got some bitcoins, right? And they're not worth 7,000 in his, <laughs> whatever it just went down to. Um, Whatever he is, that love, when we just experience his love, everything he is comes with it. Whether it's health or joy or everything that he is comes with it. So you just, if there's nothing else you do, go, Holy Spirit, pray for me and, and things I don't even to pray, but most importantly, reveal your love to me. Show you how much you love me. Because then when we experience his love, everything he has comes with it. Does that, does that make sense? So we don't have to fight this stuff and overcome this and the devil's after me and all this stuff. Like, no, no, no. Darkness is, is really just a lack of everything God created. And when we see him face to face and we start to experience his love from the inside, um, everything he has starts to come with it and your life starts to get a little better. Yes. You guys got it? Okay. All right. So let's go to this first slide. This, I love this because this, <laughs> this was a Facebook post that, that I was this week. And I was like, this is perfect. This is, it actually fits. Some of you guys... Um, uh, do you know Don Keatley? Grace Point, it's, it's pretty good if you want to go watch his stuff. And so here's what he said. Your choice. You can pray, fast, do spiritual warfare, beg, plead, call the prayer, call the prayer chain, fill a stadium to storm the gates of heaven, or you can awaken to the truth that he has already given to you all things that pertain to life and godliness. Hallelujah. That's the rest of the new covenant. That what everything he has is already yours and it's already reality so anything you could ever need and I love the reply one of these ladies replied said I worked myself sick trying to obtain God's favor in the past it all came to zero it only when we recognize Christ within who has supplied our every need that we acknowledge he has already given us his portion he's given us him because he's everything so anything we'd ever need is we have it because he's our union he is our life and so we got to get out of this good evil uh, why isn't this happening? Why isn't it happening? It's really just, you know what, Lord? Just overwhelm me with your love and everything he has comes with it. The darkness fades. We don't have to fight darkness. It just goes away. Like, uh, it's, sometimes it's like this radical thing some of you have, but in, in my experience, most of the time it's just like, huh, I'm not worrying about that thing anymore. And it's, it just seems like it's a little brighter than the next day. You guys know what I'm talking about? All right, let's, let's go to this, the next slide here. But I think that's everything. 
there's whole ministries that, that we would be around that, like about spiritual warfare and this and that. And, and uh, uh, you guys know our story. We went to this mega ministry and they gave us these books like how to pray. I'm like, oh my God, that'll kill me. And so in fact, she goes, we don't have to do that, do we? Almost in tears. I was like, sweet, I'm just being polite. I'm taking them, but they're staying in the hotel room. And I'm like, I'm <laughs> taking them home. Because it, when we have the revelation that everything I have is already there, it's, it's, and you know what? The Holy Spirit's praying for you, the perfect prayer, nonstop, 24-7. That you can rest, and you can start living your life. You guys get it? There's not this struggle. And so anyway, the only struggle is this, is it's really just getting our heart and our head to align. So anyway, this is the difference between being in the flesh or being in the spirit. A lot of people, you've probably been taught like being in the flesh is uh, doing bad things, right? Is that what you're being in the flesh? Being in the flesh is seeing yourself of, of what you see physically. My life is what I see physically. Being in the spirit is realizing what's already true about you in Christ. And you focus on the spiritual truth about you. Does that make sense? God sees you as already complete in every way. Whole, shalom, perfect in every way. So walking in the spirit and being in the spirit versus being in the flesh is not looking at what we see around us physically, but start to focus on what's already true about us. Uh, he said, I've, I've blessed you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. And so when we start to focus on that, guess what? We start to see it in the physical. But we don't focus on the physical. We want things to change outside. Physically, what do we do? We just focus on love and light. And we focus on, in here, this God that's distant that you have to pray to is non-existent. He's not out there somewhere you have to pray for him. He's within. The kingdom's within. The kingdom, of, the kingdom says, is within. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the spirit. And so this God is in here. That's where you focus on, Lord, everything I need, I already have, and I can bring it out of the spirit realm. Does that make sense to you guys? So you go to scripture not to, because uh, I, I, I think a lot of people spend their lives like this is, um, if something's wrong, get into the Bible more. <laughs> Do everything more. And I, I go, do it a lot less and just realize it's already done. And because uh, I've seen people try read the Bible for 40 years, they're doing it more. And it always comes, you cannot become what you are. You're going you're gonna to fight and get angry and go, why can't this happen? He's like, you're like the older brother going, Lord, you've never done any of this stuff for me. And what was God's response? The father's response was, well, just come in. Come into what's already true about you. Everything I have is yours. You guys get it? So anyway, um, when we focus on the union, we are one with him. What's true about Christ is what's true about us. Now, sometimes it's hard to believe, and I think mainly because um, we do things in our life where we don't feel lovable, or we don't feel like, how could God forgive this, or how could he bless me knowing the struggles that we're all going through, whether it's we're holding on to grudges, unforgiveness, all these different things, and we think that uh, uh, God's somehow not blessing me. And nothing can be further from the truth. He just does it because he does it, and he never changes. He never wavers. There's no shadow. There's no turning. He just blesses. There's no good versus evil. It's just good. Does that make sense? And once we start getting that, the fight is over. It's just like, okay, thank you, Father. Let's, let's, I'm going to start living out of life that whatever I need is I already have, and you just get a skip in your step, in my opinion. And uh, that's how it changes. That's how it changes. And I love the science behind it. I won't get into that, but I love that it, you're really just creating new neural pathways in your nervous system and your brain that now you can conceive of this thing. 
Now you bring it to pass. I, I love that part, but we won't talk about that tonight. That's not what I'm talking about. So, all right, let's go to this next slide. How are we doing? Oh, good. Gosh, I'm going to get you out here another world record tonight. So, uh, uh, I had some friends over to the office yesterday, and we were talking about this. I'm like, oh, I'm going to share this this weekend. This will be good for me. So, um, uh, they asked, when were you saved? When were you saved? When were you guys saved? Yeah, <laughs> that's actually very accurate, Dave. And so it's so, it's so normal to me now. I was like, before the foundation of the world, I was in Christ. Hallelujah. It was actually before that. Before the foundation of the world, I was in him. That's what we've been talking the last two weeks. Isn't that beautiful? And then they caught it, actually. They were like, oh, that's so good. Because now I don't have to get them in. I'm like, you've been listening secretly? Because they're like, yes, that's exactly right. Now I can love them. And that's what this verse is talking about. So let's go through this. So 2 Corinthians 5, 14, you could start earlier, but uh, for the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus that if one died for all, then how many died? All. And this is important because he's setting us up to get to verse 17. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. What he's saying is, is um, Hey, when you realize how much he loves you, the Holy Spirit governs you. We don't have to have outside laws and everything to govern us. Like, don't do this, don't touch that, don't eat this, don't do all that. Is the Holy Spirit governs you. Does that, does that help you guys? So, all right. So, therefore, from now on, so he goes, if all died, if one died, how many died? All. Therefore. You guys know what therefore is, right? So, therefore, is taking the, the, the verses that, if this is true, then this. Follow me? And so, if that's true, if one died for all, then all died. This is how Paul always teaches. And so, therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. According to the flesh, what did that look like to them? That looked like because he was Jewish ancestry, they were in and the nations were not in because they were outside the covenant. Does that make sense? But now he says, if one died, how many died? All. Therefore, we judge no one in the flesh. You guys get it? Or not? Yes. Who doesn't get it? It's okay. Okay, Patty, you don't get it? Public school? I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just mad. I went to public school too. So it's a joke, right? It's fun to me. So, <laughs> Micah, you like that? Yeah, okay. All right, so here's what he's saying. We don't look at anybody as outside. If one died, all died. Therefore, we judge no one in the flesh, like what we see externally, right? So if we see Muslims, do we judge them? Oh, they're outside. No, we judge no one in the flesh. Follow me? We once thought Jesus was just this Jewish guy. Now we realize, oh my gosh, if one died, all died. You guys follow me? So therefore, we judge no one in the flesh. Um, therefore, see, this is how we often read it. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, and I think we looked at that conditional, meaning that if you're in Christ, therefore. But no, he's doing the therefore from verse 14 and 15. Everything's in context, right? So he's saying this. This is a reality. All we're in, all, if all were in him, and we judge no one in the flesh, we judge them as in him, right? Therefore, if any man be in Christ... Which, how many are, if any? 
Oh, that's what he's telling you. But I always read that as conditional, like, oh, when did you get saved? Therefore, if you're in, now this is true about you. But Paul is saying something totally different. And uh, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. That's how we start looking at people. Wow, they have the, the love of the Father flowing through them like nobody's business. Do they know it? No, most of the time they don't know it. The sad part is most Christians don't know it. Follow me? Because uh, you start telling them that, hey, we don't judge anybody in the flesh. Ooh, you'll see the anger come out. Won't you? You really will. They'll, they just, like, the violence starts to come out because uh, I don't know why. It's just this weird dynamic that when you take away an angry God, the anger of the people that need an angry God rises. It's the, it's the gnashing of the teeth that we see. So, therefore, if any man's in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. The first Adam's passed away already is what he's trying to say. Your fleshly man, the thing you used to judge yourself in the flesh, is not true. Start judging yourself about what's true about you in the spirit is what he's saying. You guys get it? And what's true about you in the spirit? All things are new. This is the new covenant. Everything he has is mine. As he is, so am I in this world. Right? Did, you know, we were reading Psalm 23, did, his, did, the, did the favor, the beauty, the everything follow Jesus wherever he went? Yes. Now that's true about you. And the, the, the really radical part, it was always true about you. In our fallen mind, we didn't believe it was true, so we didn't experience it, right? So I love what Beth was saying. Hey, who told you that? Because that, the only time it talks about separation from God, we had this great conversation yesterday with my friends. And, uh, you know, the whole heaven and hell thing comes up and everything. And so we just went through Scripture and go, whatever your concept is of it, I, I, I get it. Uh, but it is not separation because it says heaven and hell are actually in the same place in the presence of God. And when you show them, they're like, oh, my God. How come nobody ever taught me that? I don't know. Nobody ever taught me that either. Well, it saved me a lot of time. So a lot of crazy stuff we did, right? Anointing and this and that and praying and yelling and spitting and tonguing. I didn't fast much, Martha. Even in our fast, I was like, back with this. I'm breaking my fast. <laughs> and every time I signed up for a 24-hour prayer warrior team or whatever, I, how long did I last? Like 10 minutes, and I'd start snoring again. <laughs> how come everything in my life worked before I had to do all this stuff, right? Because I didn't have this concept that I had to do it in order to be favored by God. So I just lived it, which is fascinating. So we're just trying to get back to what has always been true about us. So now all things, oh, I love this. So therefore, if any is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Look, behold, all things have become new. We start looking at everybody that everybody's new. The new they're in the new creation. They don't understand it, though. Follow me? So verse 18, now all things are of God. See where there's no dualism there? We've got to start looking at all things are of God. And so now all things are of God. Now that doesn't mean like God caused a tornado in my home state in Iowa. You know, Steve and I were talking about this, and he was like, you know, when, when, when we see illnesses or, or things like that, he's like, do you blame them? I go, no, I blame humanity. I blame us. I blame all of us collectively because we're seeing if, if a bunch of us start believing the wrong thing, guess what happens? The foundations of the world are out of place is what it says. And Romans 8 says like begging, says all creation is begging for what? For us to come alive what's already true about ourselves, the sons of God. That we're actually his children. And so goats give birth to what? Goats. So God give birth to what? 
Elohims, little Elohims. You're not God. You're not weird. Like Shirley MacLaine, the out there going, I am God. There's a little bit of truth to that, so I get it. Because we're in union with him. We're like Jesus, right? We're, we're, we have this, we have this uh, you guys know your flesh is completely redeemed too? It's not dirty. It's, your flesh is completely redeemed. You can, he's given us earthly pleasures to enjoy. They're not dirty. Does, does that make sense to you guys? I know, gosh, I get grief on that one. But uh, everything in us wants to enjoy life most of the time, right? And then the, the, the overly religious look at the other people, like the older brother looking at the younger brother going, God, that looks fun, but no, my religion says I can't do any of this stuff. And I'm just telling you, that's not true. That's not true. He's like, you want to go read something radical, read Deuteronomy 14. Did, we, did I show you that one, Chris? It talks about what you can do with your tithe money. Oh, my gosh. You want to hear it? <laughs> okay. Okay. This is fun to me. This is fun. The Jewish feasts, they had good feasts. They were, they were fun. So I just want to read something to you. I'm not telling you how to do this. I'm just like, when, when, when I show this to people, they almost fall over. So here's Deuteronomy 14. I'm going to start in verse 22. Deuteronomy 14. So this is obviously Old Covenant, right? Thou shalt truly, and I'm not telling you the tithe. That's not what I'm telling you, but think about how serious the tithe was back then right? So it says, thou shalt truly tithe all the increase of thy seed. The field bringeth forth year by year. And thou shalt eat before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose to place his name there. So they would do the feasts, right? And so here's what it says. So it says, in the place where he chose to put his name there, the tithe of the corn, of the wine, and of thy oil, and the firstlings of thy herds, and of thy flocks, that thou mayest learn to fear the Lord thy God. And if that place be way too long for thee, so thou art not able to carry it, because think about this, they're carrying their grain, their, their lambs or whatever, their, their first fruits, right? And so uh, it's not like we can write a check like that. They were carrying their stuff. And so if it's too long and you can't carry it, or if the place be too far from thee, which the Lord God shall choose to set his name there, when the Lord God has blessed it, then you shall turn it into money, meaning go sell your, go sell your tithe stuff, whether it's corn or, or animals, etc. Go turn it into money. Sell it. Does that make sense? Then shall turn it into money and bind up the money in your hand and shall go to the place which the Lord shall God shall choose. And you shall bestow that money for whatsoever your soul lusts after. Now here's some of the things he gives you that are okay. For oxen, for sheep, for wine, and strong drink. I show this to people and they freak out. So, or whatsoever thy soul desireth, thou shalt eat there before the Lord God. You shall rejoice, you and your household. And the, Levites with, and the Levite that's with you, and give him part of the party too, because he has no inheritance. So invite the Levite, invite the pastors in. <laughs> Do what you want with that. So, but that's why I love fellowship, because I'm like, you know, I think life is this thing where we can eat and, and, and have a glass of wine and fellowship, because it's not dirty to him. It's like weird. They, they think they're thinking John the Baptist, but Jesus says, you know what? I didn't take the, 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 I didn't take the, what's the, the Nazarene vow. John the Baptist, he's eating bugs and honey. I'm sure they're organic though, Martha, so you're in good shape. So, uh, right? But Jesus did what? He came eating and drinking and they said, you know what? You're a glutton and a wine bibber. But he's, so they get confused. Now, what's really cool is when you realize that all things are good, he, he created all things good, is you don't struggle with it. When it becomes this evil, dirty thing is when people get crazy with it, where they get drunk or whatever it is. And that's not what he's talking about. He's like, enjoy, the, enjoy life in fellowship with people. 
And that's what the feasts were all about. You guys get it? So that's why we do what we do. And, and uh, um, Anyway, I don't know why I shared that. That's why we're probably going to have a pig roast with Paul Young. So uh, <laughs> I think it's fun. So now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself. And you guys know what reconcile is? It's an equal exchange of value down to the exact point. So he has brought you to the exact worth and value of Christ. How's that? It's like reconciling your checkbook so everything is perfectly balanced, right? So think about this. Now all things are of God. So how do we have to start seeing things? as re- reconciled. Do they see it reconciled? No, that's why, that's why they, we're his body. They see, when they see us, we're supposed to represent Christ. So we're supposed to see them as reconciled, as co-equals with Jesus. Does that make sense? So all things are of God who has, who has down to the very last penny is that we're the same value of him. Now we've reconciled us to the exact same value of him. How cool is that? And that's how we're supposed to see everybody. That's the hard part, isn't it? You mean I'm supposed to, yep. Oh, jeez. All right, Holy Spirit, do your thing, because I can't go there. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and given us this ministry, the service of reconciliation. Now how many ministries have you, where they go out and they go, guess what? Christ God was in Christ reconciling the creation to himself, meaning all of you have the exact same value, perfections, worth, uh, everything as Christ himself. Do they know it? No. So what are we supposed to share with them? The ministry of reconciliation. This truth that you've already been in Christ and the new creations come. So... Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us this ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ. This is where we were taught this separation, right? Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But if they keep reading, by the end it says, I heard your cry and I would never change my face from you. And then Psalm 23 is what? What I just read. So Jesus, and if you go read Psalm 22, it's really beautiful. Um, it's, it's really prophesying Jesus' crucifixion. They, you know, it says the dogs are surrounding me and lapping at me and all these different things. And, and it says, but I was with you. God was in Christ. The Father and Jesus are not separate. Where was the Father at the crucifixion? Hanging on the cross. It's not this angry God somewhere that he needed blood in order to forgive you. No, God was actually on the cross with Jesus Christ because they can't be separate. God was, does it say that or does it say that? God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Reconciling the cosmos to himself is what it says there. So what's reconciliation again? Reconciliation is he's brought the whole world to perfect value and perfection as he is, so are you. Down to the very last penny. Your worth, your health, your, your, your joy, everything is equal, co-equal to him. Now how do we experience it? We start to believe this. Right? And I'm telling you, it gets so much more free to I can just love people now. I don't have to try to get them in. Because I realized before the foundation of the world, we were found in him. If all died, how many died? All died. Therefore, 
if any man be in Christ, the new creation has come, and he's reconciled the entire creation to himself. Gosh, that's so good. Now, um, I remember the first time I heard it, it was like, blah, 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 blah. Just, so you saying everybody's going to heaven? What about Hitler? Was Hitler created? How far has Hitler been reconciled? He's reconciled creation to himself. Now, did Hitler understand it? No, not at all. So it's his own darkness is, that he didn't understand. In fact, uh, boy, this, this was a shocker because we got married in Barb's little Lutheran church. Go read, uh, go read Martin Luther's uh, treatise on the Jews. He said every Jew should be slaughtered and destroyed. How's that for Protestantism? That's pretty good, huh? So guess what? Because they, they, they believe that, so Hitler gets spurned by a Jewish girl, and guess what? He reads Martin Luther's treatise. Oh, I'm doing God's work. Sounds a lot like religion, doesn't it? It's terrible, actually, now that I understand it. So he's, he hasn't given the ministry to exclude people. He's given us the ministry to, to see that they're already rec reconciled in him. And love will never fail, guys, is if we love them the best to our ability. Sometimes our ability, I get it. But, boy, is it easier and easier and easier to now see, you know what, that, that person's in Christ. Do they know it? No. But I can start seeing them where I can share, just love them. And guess what happens? When they experience love, what do they start to experience? Life, everything that God has. The darkness starts to fade away. We don't need to preach to them. We don't need to get them. You guys understand that? And Paul Young's one of the best at this. I can't wait for him to share some of this stuff. So, probably get kicked out of most elders' meetings, but I love it. So, God was in Christ reconciling the entire creation to himself. That's a, that's a head-scratcher, isn't it? The entire creation to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. Oh, let me, can I look this up real quick? I, so, I looked up trespasses today. I forgot. I was going uh, to bring my other Bible. Um, where am I? 1 Corinthians 5. Uh, okay, maybe this won't have it because I looked it up on, uh, I looked it up on Bible Hub today. Um, ah, yeah, see, this is terrible. They give the traditional sin. But in Bible Hub, it was something like this. Is, go look it up yourself. It was like, um, uh, for one, it's not hamartia, the, the traditional word for sin. What is it? It's some weird Greek word. Um, Periptoma. Uh, let me see what the root is. To fall aside, to fall away. He's not. So, what happened when Adam and Eve partook of a certain knowledge? They started to believe the wrong thing and fell away. Hamarti was the distorted image of who you are. That's the. That's what most people see as sin. This is periptope. The root word periptoma, and so it says a falling away. So here's what he's saying. Actually, so he's saying. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not blaming us for not understanding and falling away. He didn't hold us accountable by, for our behavior. He fixed us. He, he healed the broken pieces. And so he wasn't imputed their trespasses to them. And he has committed to, he's committed to you and I this message of what? The truth here, the reconciliation that uh, and we, we talked about this with the friends too because this is the classic one. God loves the sinner, hates the sin. 
And I was like, I totally disagree. Boom. What? Right? What's, is that the message we're supposed to share? What's the message we're supposed to share? You're reconciled. That's the ministry. He's not holding that against you. That's what we're supposed to be sharing. Does that make sense? In our darkest, darkest parts, he goes, God loves you right there. In fact, he's there with you in that spot. You get it? And almost all Christianity has been behavior-based. Like, stop doing this, don't do that. Be like me, because I'm such a good little Christian. What are you talking about? That's the one thing I can't stand. You're not invited to the pig race. So. But that's not the message I'm supposed to share, Lord. Forgive me. Let those religious knuckleheads come to the pig roast too. Just don't. No, I'm just joking. They're not very fun anyway. So they, they, those, they would be the guys over in the corner. Honestly, like, they're eating pig. And we're not supposed to do that. So, yeah. And did you see he's got a glass of wine? You know you want one. You just don't dare. So. Imputing their trespass to them, he's committed to us this message of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading with us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled. It doesn't say become reconciled. What does it say? You, you are reconciled, so be it. Start to believe what's already true about you. You guys get it? It's not become reconciled by your good religious works. Anything is be reconciled. And we're supposed to share this amazing thing where we just fellowship with humanity and love them as best we can. Got it? So be reconciled. What's reconciled? Down to the very last thing. Stop living in the flesh by what we can see physically and start to live out of your spirit, meaning that what's already true about me because I'm reconciled down to the very last penny of Christ. Let's get it? Then the next step is, this is what Jesus' message was, is, and then love your neighbor as yourself. Well, it's a lot easier to do when you realize that, wow, they are just as reconciled as me. And they're just, they don't understand this truth, and that's what's all, it's causing this behavior. Follow me? Now, does God hate sin? Yes, from this standpoint, because I got to correct that, because um, a lot of people are like, Mike just said you can go sin. I'm like, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying that God, lo God loves the sinner, he hates the sin. Yes. Not the behavior. He hates the distorted image of who they are that they think that he's judging them based on their behavior. He wants them to realize they've sons and they've always been sons. Just come into the house and enjoy the blessing that's already been provided for you. And guess what? The behavior follows. You guys get it? All right, last slide. You can get to your feet because I, I, I thought I was going to get up by 7.15. I missed it. So, oh, I, I, I had it. I put it down. Oh, okay, fantastic. So I didn't realize I added this slide. Sorry, I was watching the Yankees today. Uh, so that <laughs> they're four and a half back. That's why I said you got to pray hard. Boston keeps winning. So, katalasso, that down to the exact point, intensifying a lasso to change, properly, decisively changes when two parties reconcile. So you are down to an exact point as Jesus. Hallelujah, man. That's really cool to me. Now let's start to live out of that, right? So whatever's going on in your life, when we start living, starting to live out of wait a minute, this isn't the true me. I'm not going to live in the flesh anymore. I'm going to start to live out of the spirit, meaning what's already true about me in the spirit is what I'm going to focus on. You guys get that? And guess what? All you're really doing is, is you're starting to come alive what's already true. All right, let's go to this last slide. I think we're done. Yeah, so right back to the, the first post. You can pray, fast, do all these religious exercises. You can shadow box the devil and evil. Um, do all that stuff. Or you can awaken to the truth that everything he has has already been provided for you. 
whether it's whatever you need is already yours. And you start to live out of that. Does that make sense to you guys? So it's not your behavior, it's not this, it's not that, it's coming to the realization that, wow, I've been reconciled to the exact point of Jesus Christ. And what's true about him is true about me. So, and I just wrote, you know, people are like, well, how do you do it? Well, one, you, you don't have to do anything, but if you want to, if you want to, you can literally just go, you know what, Lord, I'm going to focus on your love for me and let the Holy Spirit pray for me. But I think it's much easier if you do some of these things. Light doesn't struggle with darkness, so if you focus how much love he is, he is love and he is life, right? Everything he has comes with it, so I don't need to, and that's what we were talking about last week when he says, listen, uh, don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, all these stuff. He goes, don't do that. Focus on the kingdom, which is within, Christ within, right? And everything you need will be added to you. Everything. And that was passive. I mean, it just happens to you. His goodness, his beauty, his bountifulness pursues you. And that's what we have to come aware of. Like, wait a minute, Lord. Is, uh, it's not based on me. It's based on him. And I'm in him, and he, we're co-equals. So uh, when you see what's already true about you, speak life. And I'm not talking about in Jesus' name is all this. I'm just talking about more your self-talk, to be honest with you. Is that, you know what, Lord? I, I, starts whatever your condition is, whether it's, uh, gosh, I can't get out of this financial debt or whatever you're dealing with. Is start seeing yourself, you know what, Lord? As Jesus is, so am I. Thank you, Father. You start seeing yourself however you want it. So I'm seeing myself on 156 Dune Road, Cog, New York. You're like, what's that? I go, it's this beautiful home in the Hamptons because I'm going to own the Yankees. And I can surf. Not good surf, but I can surf. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a train ride into the city, and I can date my wife. Honestly, I'm like, that's a beautiful thing to me. I, love, I get excited about that. I'm like, it was, it was on Zillow briefly. Then they took it off. But it didn't sell, so I'm not sure what happened. They must take it off the market. You guys are realtors. You understand all that. It's waiting on me. Thank you, Lord. So uh, you guys get that? So if, if, you, if uh, you start seeing yourself what's true about you in Christ, in the Spirit, and that's how you start talking to yourself because it's not this battle of good versus evil. There's only good. It's our darkness when we turn away from God that we create this shadow and darkness like this. Can you see that shadow? But guess what? When I turn face to face, I see him, and everything I has comes with it. You guys get it? All right. Does that help you guys? Okay. Father, we love you. We praise you. We magnify you. As he is, even so are we. So, Father, we just thank you that it's not a struggle. It's not religious activity. It's just truth. It's just life. It's Jesus. Everything he has is already ours. And just awaken us to that truth like never before. So, Father, we just let us live out of the spirit, not out of our flesh where we're trying to fix things in our own effort, but just let it bring it out of the spirit that what we believe about us is what we start to experience. So we just thank you for that, Father. Like revelation of his love for these people like never before. And everything you have comes with it. It's just added to us. It pursues us. Just let him come out with a revelation. Like, you know what? His goodness and mercy, everything he has, his healing, his, his uh, provision, his joy, everything he has is mine. And Father, I'm just going to live out of this great hope and expectation that it's pursuing me and things are going to change for the better. In Jesus' magnificent name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. <laughs> 